Hey, everybody, you're listening to NC Shop Talk brought to you by NC Carpet Binding. I'm your host, Mal Mayer. If you want to learn from some of the most innovative people in the industry and laugh a ton, then this show is for you. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 30, and we're on to our next guest. And he goes back a long time with our company, long before my time. I'm pretty sure he opened up his first business back in 1985, and he's run the gamut between doing marine interiors, both auto and marine, and now mainly custom auto interiors. Over the years, he's adapted his business plan, changed gears, changed vision and direction whenever it was necessary. I think his ability to adapt, produce, and thrive is what separates him from the pack. Credited with countless awards, but perhaps his greatest achievement was winning Best Interior at SEMA 22. Let's not forget four grade eight cars at the Detroit Autorama Riddler that Chuck has done interiors on. And let's definitely not forget the year that he had two Riddler cars entered at the same time. I'm going to guess nobody else achieved that. Maybe Paul Atkins, but I'm not sure. Maybe Chuck can read us in on that. Our next guest holds a special place in my mind and my heart, and I'll get into that as we go along here. But NC Chop Talk welcomes in Chuck Hanna, owner of Hot Rod Interiors by Chuck in North Carolina. Welcome to the show, Chuck. Thank you. That's it? Just thank you? That's Yeah, I guess. Chuck's, Chuck's quiet. <laughs> And most of the time, oh, I yeah. do most of the talking. So we're, we're going to, th- this is vintage Chuck. He's the most humble, quiet, unassuming guy in the world. Wouldn't hurt a fly. And just, just a, just a great guy. Um, let's try and start at the beginning. If we can see if we can figure out how you got into doing upholstery. So if you can try to start from the beginning a little bit, tell us where you grew up and okay. maybe what you thought you were going to be as a kid coming up. Well, uh, my dad had a, a used car lot and he had an upholstery shop, a mechanic shop and a paint shop all in the same building. And I grew up doing mechanic work and playing with cars, went to college and graduated in 85. Um, went in, I, I never did upholstery before that other than just basic teardown stuff. Cause I was always doing mechanic work. That's what I wanted to do. I thought, and I decided I didn't want to have to clean my fingernails every night, get grease everywhere. So I, I tried upholstery and um, in 85, I was working with him and he had a, an NC machine then. And, and that's kind of where it got started. Um, wow, we had a couple that. of consoles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we, uh, I, I worked for him doing that and he taught me a lot. I mean, we, we basically were just restoring cars for his car lot you know just fixing up cars used cars to sell in a used car lot he would paint them and rebuild the motors and do the interiors and stuff and i did that for about six years and i decided i wanted to do my own shop so about a block up the street from him i rented a little building and and started chuck's auto upholstery at the time and was kind of doing headliners and seat repairs and stuff like that um at, it was like a, I don't know, 1800 square feet. And I had one guy working with me that I went to high school with, um, built that we had about six employees before we left that and built that building and rented a 20,000 square foot shop in, 
in uptown Charlotte or downtown Charlotte and just kind of started a little paint shop there and doing ground effects and wheels and sunroofs and leather interior kits, stuff like that. I started um, Carolina, what was it called? Carolina Restyling. No, that was what he changed it to. It was um, Carolina Dealer Specialties. And I had two salesmen that would go around the, to the dealers and and sell stuff. And, and we kind of kind of built that to, uh, I had maybe 20 employees there and yeah, we're did that for several years. Because I really want to let everybody in as, you know, how you got to where you got. And we'll get to all that good stuff. Um, growing up, who influenced you the most? I'm assuming your dad. Was there other people that really got you into that upholstery bug or just, you know, in business in general, who influenced you? Yeah, my dad, um, he always supported me and um, he was my best customer. You know, if, if things were slow, he would give us work to do. Um, I kind of I, I kind of played around with with doing custom car interiors back then it was all tweed there wasn't leather custom interiors and stuff everybody wanted tweed you know and so we were doing a lot of tweed interiors and stuff and i went to a good guy show in charlotte and i saw this truck that paul atkins had done and it blew my mind it was a 56 f100 and i had one and that was the first time i'd seen a sculpted seat and uh and i mean it, it kind of that's where i kind of got the bug to to get into okay. custom interiors and so your dad and Paul I, Atkins combo. I, I took a million pictures of that truck and went home and, and tried to put that interior in my truck. And, and, um, that, that was, that was where the, that was the bug that got me. That's awesome. Now, what I said before in the intro, maybe you can elaborate on it. Are you the only one to ever have two Riddler cars? Are you, or you don't know? I I don't know. And only one I know of, um, um, I've been going to Detroit, Autorama for years and I've never seen an upholstery company that had two cars in the grade eight at one time, but I could be wow. way wrong, but yeah, what, what, but it was what a pretty good achievement for us. Oh my gosh. It was, uh, I'm with the Tim's in 19. Was it so it was or 19 or something like that? It was, I think it was 2020. Okay. I think could have been 19. I don't, I'm so terrible with dates. Okay. Yeah, I researched, but I can't remember that. You were there in 20? Um, anyway. In 19? Um, so it was probably 18, actually. <laughs> okay. It was probably 18. Yeah, I thought it was 18 or 19. And I, yeah, I it was probably 18. I about it briefly a while back, so. I should have wrote down some dates. I didn't. That's but. okay. It was there. <laughs> Two in one year, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. A, a it was, a, it was a great asking, achievement for us. We we uh, I had two employees there. I had two employees at the time, and the three of us we we all went, and it was it was a pretty good time. We we were excited. Yeah, were your customers fighting over you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they were both well known car builders, and so it, it was pretty good. You know, we Chris Ryan was one of them, and Tom Farrell was the other, and okay. um, they were really nice cars. And it was it was, was a good one of time. them the white with the red and the and the guitar, or was that a different year? It, yeah, it was a, that was a Lincoln. It was a, um, 56, I think Lincoln. Okay. And, uh, the other was a 40 Ford, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So a lot of people asked me, cause I, you know, a lot of people, few people know, and how did you know Chuck? And I've talked to people, you know, guys that I talk to all the time. And I said, you know, um, it's weird. I don't know how to explain it. I'm going to do my best to explain it here. Well, I, I think I admired him and wondered about you. And you probably never gave me an ounce of thought. 
and I got my start <laughs> back in the year 2000. Here and there, I get a call from a company named Lake Norman Tarps. Back then in the early 2000s, all I knew the first couple of years was carpet binding machines. I really wasn't into the auto, the aircraft yet. Yeah. You know, aircraft I started on, but auto and tarps and upholstery was kind of foreign to me. Um, and here's this guy calling about upholstery supplies, needing threads, sewing parts. I had no clue. So, of course, I had to ask, you know, what to ship and, you know, find and ship for him. Um, he was always quiet and easy to talk to, obviously very soft spoken and, <laughs> and, um, and you know, obviously hasn't well. changed. It, it's odd. I can't put my finger on it, but I was intrigued by him maybe because it was just a mysterious company for me, but I was totally intrigued. We had OEM business like General Motors, Corvette America. Um, those orders would come in, but I never spoke to them. C-Ray, Malibu boats, Malibu I dealt with, started to learn a little bit, but limited on the mom and pop upholstery shops i had no clue and there was chuck all the while ordering and a loyal customer and i didn't know a thing about him but i wanted to and um you know without the internet back then I and mean, without social media and without a focus on marketing yeah um to upholstery shops how did you find us chuck and why did you stick with us all these years and now you just kind of let the cat out of the bag your dad found us but uh you know why'd you stick with us all these years yeah, well, um, that was the thing. I had that machine and I was looking for a binder because we were getting into the marine stuff and doing those real heavy Berber mm -hmm. um, rubber backed mats that the boats were using back then. And, and we were trying to find a way to bind them without having to just do it, you know, feeding the machine yourself. And I bought one of those little binders that was on wheels. I forget the name of it. Portables, um, yeah. And yeah, it would do good, but it was that material was so thick. And we were, we were struggling with that. We did it with that machine for years and we couldn't really get in the corners the best we, that we yeah, wanted to and stuff. Designed for maneuverability so I, and they're not exactly, yes, not conducive and after, to marine. Exactly. And, and I used that machine for five or six years and, and made it, made do with it. And then I finally bit the bullet and bought the uh, BAC machine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, it was amazing what that machine would do. We, yeah. we could bind anything with it and, and we, we did. And, and we did a lot of them, but things kind of changed and, and the materials got lighter when it changed to that seagrass stuff. And, um, but yeah, that machine, um, it, it, that, that was, that was the, the, the big thing. And I had a, I think I got a, a long arm double needle from you one time and I bought a couple of jukies from you and yep. through the years. Double needle. Recently. Yeah. And we got a, we got a, we got a scaver and, and, um, yeah, and then recently a double needle that wasn't a long arm, but yeah, we bought a, a ton of machines from you. And then I bought cutters and, and all kind of other accessories and stuff. We appreciate you, buddy. And that's, <laughs> like I said, this yeah. is, you know, cool for me because I always looked up to you and I wanted to know more about you. So you sticking with us all the years is great. Um, now, listen, there's literally no pressure here. You can answer however you want, but I want to know straight up. Who do you like better? My dad and my grandfather, my uncle and my cousin, Mark, or me? I got to know who your favorite is. Definitely you. I mean, you're, you're there, you're at the shows and, and, and buying me beers and stuff. So yeah, why not? Okay, cool. So I, <laughs> I one up them on this one. Yeah. All right. You, you Definitely. talked about it before and this is the part that blows me away because if you really understand about Chuck's history, he would develop these businesses 
make them success stories, do well, grow employees, you know, to, you know, high numbers, like he said before, 20 employees, and then downshift to something else and then upshift to this and just changing gears all the time, I guess, staying with the times. But first, tell us about Lake Norman Tarps. And I think that's the business you had to 20 employees. Well, right? It was, it was Lake Norman Tops and interiors. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that, well, I mean, first, like I said, it was Chuck's auto upholstery and right. Carolina dealer specialties. And, um, I built that business, um, I guess from 91, I sold it in 98. And, uh, um, how'd you, it, it got to be the employee part. How did you bring in that volume of business and what made you go for just, it? I mean, just, I turned it from just a little auto upholstery repair shop into a, a restyling shop. And we were doing wings, ground effects, um, gold plating, wood grain kits, leather interiors, sunroofs. Was the Marine? Um, everything. We weren't even doing any Marine then. This was, I was in Charlotte then. Okay. And I lived in Mooresville and it was getting to the point where my drive that used to be 20 minute drive was an hour hour and a half sometimes and that's part of why i sold that business um but it got it got you know i built it up pretty big and and it was making money and it was definitely um i, I could definitely sell it and make a ton of money so i did and okay. i started over and that's when i started lake norman tops and interiors and okay it was just two of us and i wanted to stay small i always wanted to stay small i, I felt like when I had 20 employees, I was just running a daycare. I wasn't, you know, all I did was keep people from fighting and making sure everybody's happy. Yeah. And I always liked it better when it was just two or three people. And it felt like I made more money when it was two or three people, even though our sales were way more, you know, with, with, with the bigger company, but it, your it margins just felt, are better when it's more controlled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, when you sold the business and you restarted, what changes specifically, other than the employees, what changes specifically did you make? Well, I I lived on Lake Norman and I was into boats and I had a little hot rod boat and I, I just opened up Lake Norman Tops and Interiors and we specialized in boats. We did boat interiors. We did all them, you know, the carpets, the everything. Um, we were even doing covers back then. Um, but yeah, I, I just regrouped and started something different and, and we were specializing in the boats and I still did hot rod cars at night and always restoring cars of my own. And I, I did that all along. Even when I had the restyling shop, we would work late at night and, and restore old Camaros and Chevelles and stuff. Okay. Well, you've been through so many changes. Obviously you have no fear because you did it you know, and kind of embracing change versus fighting it. Cause a lot of people struggle with it. In a lot of ways I struggle, I struggle with embracing change. Everybody does certain people to different degrees yeah. and worse. Um, what advice can you give young companies getting their start that either a are battling to get off the ground B they've been off the ground for a while, but they're living paycheck to paycheck and trying to get time to grow, but they can't. Or should they stick with what they're doing? Should they change gears? What, what I mean, what advice would you give a young company that maybe is battling and wants to go next level? What advice would you give them? I'll just stick with it. I mean, our trade is is dying. 
you know, it's, um, it's not being passed down. Everything's going automation now. Um, there, there, a lot of people, there are very few craftsmen that do everything by hand anymore. Um, and you know, I, I started out before there was any internet or, or any social media or anything like that. And, yeah. and, uh, I mean, the only recognition we had was you go to a car show, you know, and, and, and talk to people, Yeah. but yeah, just stick with it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys will just stay in their comfort zone and in their particular niche with their particular, yeah, customer and that's base easy to that do. doesn't deviate that much, 30, 40, 50 years remain static and they never strive for more. So they never get to know that feeling of, holy cow, I can't believe I just did that, you know? And yeah you must've had some doubts yeah. along the way, but you were always oh, yeah. striving for that holy cow moment, at least in my mind, based on the research I did, what you've told me, what I've seen you do. Um, you know, was it just that you were always a risk taker? Was it that, you know, you're fearless? I mean, what drove you to all these? Yeah. I mean, I, I always, I always felt like um, I wasn't afraid of failure or, or making mistakes and learning but, um, you know, I, I, I would, I would always, if I wanted something, I would just do it. And, yeah. you know, like when I went from 2000 square feet to 20,000 square feet, that was pretty scary, but we yeah. did it and made it work. And I mean, it, you just, you just got to do it. Yeah. I love that. Almost like a leap of faith, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A, a leap I mean, of faith in yourself too. It's like you, you build it, they will come, you know? Yeah. It's a big belief system in yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people miss and they go their whole lives without taking a chance and they go their whole lives without doing anything extraordinary. And, and I, yeah. And, and I think the big payoff do that more, I firm believer in it. I really do. Like you were, you were talking a minute ago, like the big payoff is to take your something you started with in however long it takes, seems like it takes forever sometimes, but when you got that finished product and you stand back and look at it, it's, it's amazing. You say, I, I did that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's, I, that's the moments I love, you know, you, you, you look at your start photos and you, you see the car when you're done and it, it, it's, it never gets old. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's rewarding for sure. Especially where you see where some of these cars start. It's crazy. Um, a yeah. couple weeks ago, not even less than two weeks ago, I was in your shop, able to visit for the first time and it's gorgeous. Uh, ton of space, clean as a whistle, bright, has room to grow. And in your current shop, there's three of you, you, Lisa, and your newest addition, Trent. Please explain the roles of, uh, you know, of the three of you guys there and essentially the work dynamic. Well, Trent, um, he's a, he's an old car builder from way back. He's worked with Chip Foose and he's built Riddler cars and he's worked at Detroit Speed. And uh, he's, you know, he's our fabricator. Me and him do all the fabrication. Lisa is a great fabricator herself, but there's so much sewing. She she does all the sewing. Um, I kind of sit back, let them do the work, and I sit in my office and count money. That's it. <laughs> you and the yeah. dogs. Yeah. But, no, it, it's, it's great. I mean, we could use some more help. You can't find help. You know, you can hire people to train, and, and it's just hard to find somebody that's that has the attention to detail that you need and wants to learn this trade other than just because they want to do their car, you know, Yeah. you get those people that they want to learn how to do it just so they can do their car. And, right. um, but 
but yeah, I, I like, like I said, I like keeping it small. We don't turn out as much work as we could, but, but we're doing it. And, um, as long as you're happy, the margins are there. And yeah. Your turnout work you're proud of. That's the main thing. Um, I, I do yeah. have to say I was impressed by Trent. He's also like you, very quiet, unassuming guy. Um, I was impressed by him. I liked him a lot. I liked his, you know, obviously his resume working with chip, like you guys told me, um, is there, you know, he does the fabrication, what he brings to the table for HRI, um, you know, seems to be real substantial, probably because I'm yeah. guessing it's allowing you to generate business as far as new business development, go out there and, you know, keep relationships. Is that kind of where he can got to step in for what you do? Is that really a big part, part of what Trent's role is? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he can do anything and he's a little standoffish on some of the upholstery stuff. Cause he's really doesn't have the experience working with, with soft goods, leather and, and stuff, but um, you can show him something and you don't have to, he learns it. He remembers it. You don't have to show him the same thing over and over. You know, um, he, he's, he's super talented. He, and you know, touching he wants to do it. And he, he's, the, the, the big thing is that when you find these people to be fabricators, you got to find somebody that's, that not only has the skills and attention to detail, but they got to be into the cars that you, you know, they have to have the passion for, for building the cars and for, for wanting to have the cars and, and everything Yeah, to go to the shows and, you know, and I mean, it's in his blood. He's, he's a car. It's guy. in all our blood. I mean, in, yeah. Yeah, he's a car guy. And and Lisa, I don't I don't have to look over her shoulder at all. She just does it. Yeah, it's important. The it's, autonomy it's, I mean, it's, it's a it's a great it's a great combination. Yeah. Having autonomy is one thing. Being able to handle the autonomy is another. If you got, you know, three people that don't need anyone helping them and looking over their shoulder and standing on them, that's that's big. Big for production, big for mental health, big for everything. Uh big for profits. Yeah. There's not a lot, probably not a lot of wasted material there as well. Going back to your shop. You could have rested on your laurels, could have stayed with the 20 uh, person company and everything else. You could have had boxes of decrepit leather and dust covered this and shelving and all that yeah. <laughs> stuff all over the place, but not you guys, obviously not you. You've always kept up with the times. You've updated your shops, brought in new technology, you know, all these things. I'm going to get to a point here, but all these things you, Lisa and Trent were telling me you're also interested in a CNC sewing machine, but you know, first you want to purchase a laser, you know, why do you want to keep adding technology? Keep up with the times, keep up with, with what's going on. Um, I mean, it, uh, yeah, just seeing what everybody else is doing and what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're, um, everything's handmade here and, and we're proud of that and we're, we're talented or I feel we are and we can make anything from nothing. And, um, if, if there's a way to do that faster or more efficient, I'm all for it. Yeah. I can tell you another reason is because you're never satisfied and you never want to be satisfied. And I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I never was that much with social media and, and keeping up with all that, but Lisa, she keeps me informed. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm an old timer. So, um, 
but she does all of our posting and everything. So we're, um, that all works out great. Nice. All right. Outside of us, is there another longer tenured vendor that you guys have, or are we the longest? Oh, you're probably the longest. That's really cool. I love that. Yeah. All right. Little known sneaky vendors that not a lot of guys know about that maybe you use for some decorative elements. Um, you know, anyone that you can, you know, give a plug for that may help them that maybe you buy medallions for from or something like that. Um, no, I mean, I, I buy from a little bit of everything from everybody. So we, okay. we spread it out. Um, but nobody I really want to, that I can think of to plug anyway. <laughs> I hear you. So just the normal guys. Yeah. I remember when I had Shannon on. And he dropped a real good one on us. I can't remember the name of the company, forgive me, but it was like a medallion guy. And uh, that's where he buys his medallions from. And all of a sudden now a bunch of people didn't know about this medallion guy. They're all buying from the medallion guy. So it's a good, uh, good little, yeah. you know, you know, good little pay it forward thing. Sometimes you try to think, if you think of somebody, you know, don't be afraid, jump in in the middle of all this. Now, yeah, a, a few years ago, you brought in a new employee in Lisa. Little did you know that would blossom mm -hmm. into not only a working relationship, but also a personal relationship. And yeah. you guys seem to have such a nice rapport. And, you know, you speak volumes to her, not just, you know, on this podcast, but with me as well. And you're producing lights out interiors. First thing I need to know, who made the first move? You or Lisa? Um, definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> that a boy. She made me check her around for a, a long time. <laughs> Funny thing is, um, I sold uh, that business, um, Chuck's Auto Upholstery and Carolyn Deal Specialties in 98. Well, after that, she went to work there. I didn't even know it. And she worked there for a good long while till they closed down. And uh, I didn't even meet her till, what, 10 years later after she had worked there. Yeah. Wow. But she worked at my old business, which was pretty cool. That is pretty funny. Um, yeah. That's crazy. You didn't tell me that part. That's in That's interesting. Other than the sewing, obviously sewing, social media, you know, what has Lisa brought to the business that's helped you guys get to that next level? Um, well, she has a great eye and she can design, she can fabricate, but she can help, help me when I get um, stuck trying to design something. She, you know, she always has great ideas on on things we can do with different style of interiors or, 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 you know, anything. So that, that's a major help. Yeah. Cause it's, like it's the sometimes, it's, sometimes you can, design, you know, that like-minded design ideas different. I mean, no two people think alike. So it's, that's gotta be huge. And it, it keeps me from getting in the position where everything starts to look the same, mm -hmm. you know, because that's easy to do you can something that works for you you can just keep trying to do it over and over and having a second or a third pair of eyes really helps out in that department yeah like that lincoln was a lincoln you had going on the truck when i got there yeah yeah 65 lincoln that was just different like, i never saw you guys do anything different like that was that your design lisa's design combination combination it was a little bit of keeping it somewhat original styling you know keeping that old style the old school appeal to it and yeah. um doing it in all leather and, and a little bit more modern features um yeah it was it was a a group collaboration on that one yeah 
do you spend a lot of time on relationships with builders? Do you spend a lot of time seeking new business? Do they come to you because you've been around forever? You know, having Trent and Lisa, you don't have to be married to the sewing machine and married to phone call. You don't have to do everything on your own. You have help. Are you spending time yeah. with those relationships, seeking new business? You know, what are you doing as far as that goes? I not as much as I should. Um, you know, I'm, I meet people at car shows and and other builders that I do work for refer friends of theirs that are builders, and that always helps. But yeah, I, I should do more. But like we we have a two year backlog, so I mean, um, it's kind of hard to 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 get away from the shop and and do stuff like that, like I should. But um, it's something I want to work on. Yeah. Okay. See, there's always room, but when you're that busy, it's hard. And even when you have help, it's hard. Um, you know, just everyone's got to have their roles so the businesses can thrive. And I've been trying to hammer that home yeah. on some of the seminars I've done. And you, know, you can't do it all. If you're doing it all, you're not doing everything right. Just It's, impo it's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. It's very, very difficult. Um, anyway, I don't want you to go anywhere, but let's switch the headset over to Lisa and all right. a couple words with her here. Okay. So Lisa is Chuck's lead. Here she comes. Lisa is the sewing lead and designer with Chuck on interior since she came in. Hey, Lisa, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. When I've been did you listening. come in with Chuck? I've been doing good. When did I come in with Chuck? Yeah, what year was it? Uh, 2019. Okay, 2019, so four years. Crazy, seems like yesterday. Um, but welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on with us. And I've seen you yeah, basically now twice in a week and a half, which is awesome. Yeah. And thank you. You're going to have to come around more often. We had so much fun. We were driving around in the side-by-side, -side, cruising the property, the compound you guys live on, which is ridiculous, amazing. Your house is beautiful. Shop is, We've already. I've already touched on how amazing the shop is. But if you can, before we jump into questions, um, tell us a little bit about your sewing background. Uh, well, it all started at WyoTech. I'm a techer. I went there from uh, 2010. I graduated in 2011. And uh, from there, I went to work at that shop in Charlotte that Chuck had sold. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, I worked there, um, and then the owner um, had passed away unexpectedly, and so um, I was at the time thirty-five weeks pregnant. Wow! <laughs> um, yeah, so the the owner had passed, and um, the business had taken a, a turn that was a little unsure. So I moved back home to West Virginia and had my son. And when he was three months old, I actually opened my own shop in West Virginia. Okay. And I had that for almost uh, two years. And then uh, I'm sure everybody knows um, Joe Pavich from JPM Coachworks. I ended up closing my shop and going to work for him in Georgia. Okay. And uh, then that kind of took a different turn. And I guess Joe's still doing well at Tesla right now, but... Uh, yeah, I uh, 
I ended up being a stay-at-home mom for, I don't know, four years. Never actually thought I'd even get back into the business, mm -hmm. but I ended up at uh, Chuck's and here we are. Here we are. Well, here we are. I have to say <laughs> your work on the mullet missile and some other cars, you definitely added a new flavor and element to Chuck's builds. The mullet missile was tremendous. You guys got a lot of accolades for that car. Um, and you're hands-on with these builds, adding design and doing everything else. If you had to pick one favorite thing about your roles there, what would it be? Is it the sewing? Is it the designing? You know, what, what's your favorite thing that you really love doing? I'm so hands-on. I always thought that I sucked at designing. Um, I'm getting better because I've been in it for so long. So I've had to dive in, but I'm definitely hands-on. I love the sewing. I love actually doing the work, seeing the results and and that's what I love. Okay. I thought you were going to design. I thought you were going to go design with me on that one. Yeah. So we said, I mean, yeah, we, we like to collaborate some. Yeah. We like to collaborate some, but, um, I'm definitely, I mean, when I say new, I've been designing for a few years, but that's still new. Like yeah. I, I, when I had my shop, I was doing, you know, you know, seat repairs and headliners and stuff. And, and I did a couple, you know, custom cars, but it was never as in depth as it is right now. And yeah. that's what I love is the custom. Yeah. The complete element of it has to be, has to be exciting. Um, yes. You know, with us firmly entrenched in this Instagram era and everything else, you grew up admiring guys like Shannon and Bucks, um, Truth to the rumor that you didn't know Chuck at all. And I'm obviously that's the case. When did you first notice Chuck's shop? The day I went for an interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so Chuck, so, you were a nobody until that interview. Day. He can't hear us now, but he's going to enjoy listening. No, later. no, he can't, but he's, he's, he's heard my story. Yes. Um, and he will ride me forever for this because no, <laughs> I did not. I did not know who he was. I walked in to this interview. I, I, I wore jeans, Mal. I showed up to this interview in jeans and just, you know, well, it you was a whatever. Going in for financial accountant. You're going in there to work. Right. But I'm, I know. I'm just saying, like, I showed up and I'm in jeans. I'm pretty sure I had a West Virginia sweatshirt on. And uh, I walked into the shop and I was like, whoa, I'm a little bit out of place here. <laughs> and uh, the, sh the shop was immaculate. The cars that they were working on like really got my attention. Yeah. Um, I had actually interviewed with Steven Kurzman and Charlotte. Okay. Too. Um, I had did both of them and I was, cause I, I grew up idolizing Steven. I mean, he really set the trend for a lot of things. And, and, and so to work with him was going to be awesome. And, but the drive and the other things resulted in me going with Chuck and yeah, the fit was sometimes and, you just think the fits better. Yeah. And in your brain, it probably was the opposite thinking like I'm getting interviewed yeah. by Steve. I've been admiring him for a long time. I know who he is. And you end up going with the guy you had no idea exactly. who he was. 
Exactly. That's that exactly how, how I felt. Things turn out. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, on the personal relationship with Chuck, did it develop right away? Did you make him work for it? Make it chase you a little bit? <laughs> Give us a little insight into that. Oh my gosh. So the funny thing is I could not stand Chuck at first. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I love this. Keep going. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought he was so arrogant and, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Can I cuss on here, Mal? Can you, I say you can asshole? do whatever you want, love. <laughs> yeah, I really thought he was an asshole and I just did not really like him at all. And, you know, time went on and people grow on people and I saw him for who he really was and, you know, things things changed a little bit after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's different, right? I mean, you meet certain people. Like, you know, I thought Bucks was this laid back, quiet dude that wasn't, you know, could never hurt him. You know, don't get on Bucks's wrong side. You'll be in big trouble because he's got a temper <laughs> in there. And I didn't know that until we got closer. And I said, you know, I just thought you were like this laid back guy. And, uh, you know, but with Chuck, he's just so quiet and he just says things how it is. And, you know, I guess that's that's probably why. You know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like he was just he just seemed so dry and i didn't understand his humor at the time <laughs> <laughs> well he's quiet you know he's not like loud and yeah. he's quiet exactly he's you know yeah. yeah he's very reserved and yeah it grew on me that's good i, I obviously um okay so <laughs> tough one for you you know what let me backtrack here i want to do this one first my favorite car right. so far that i saw you guys do was that blue hot rod. I can't remember what it was, but it had a camel interior. It was like a 33 Ford. Um, yep. It was a 33 Ford. I love that one. I don't know who it was for or what it was for, yeah. but was that one of the grade eight cars? I can't remember. Where was that? No, um, that actually that I know of hasn't been to any shows, unfortunately, and it should. It should. That was my um, favorite one you guys did. The color combo. Yeah. The design, everything. I just loved it. And I, whoever took pictures on that yeah. car did a heck of a job because there's some good angles. Um, which is hey, your thanks. favorite? It was me. <laughs> no, oh, was um, I, I do. I, I did. I did. And that was from my iPhone. Um, but okay. yeah, I love that car. Um, obviously Chris's car and, um, and Rusty's car, you Sarah, know, Chris's car first. Chris's car, Chris Ryan's car was the, um, the Trans Am, the mullet missile. Yeah. That everybody knows. Right. Um, Rusty's car, I guess, wasn't as popular, but I loved it. It was a Nova and um, it had like a champagne paint and it had that orange leather interior. And we found a vinyl that matched the paint perfectly, which was the accent. And so that one really stuck out to me, too. Okay. Um, I didn't, like I said, I've only been doing these high end cars for. A few years, so um, I don't have the experience that Chuck has. That's okay. Well, let's see. Let's <laughs> let's let's put you to the test on this one. <laughs> Tell the truth now. Who's a better sewing operator, you or Chuck? Oh my gosh! Totally me. That a girl. Good. Love the confidence, <laughs> and I hope it's true. Yeah. Good. Yeah, he'll. T I think he would say the same thing. It wouldn't be fun if we weren't making fun of him or trying to get, trying to get some dirt on him a little bit, you know? 
All right, Lisa, two more questions. We've been messing around a little bit and having fun at Chuck's expense, but we all know what an incredible person Chuck is. So in all seriousness, can you tell us how Chuck has influenced you and what type of role Chuck has played in your career? Man, I mean, all the things he has accomplished over the years, I, I just think is so amazing. I mean, he's been in it so long and, you know, a lot of people don't make it in the business and he's been able to have several businesses and be successful at it. And um, I mean, he's like one of the smartest people I know he could figure out anything. And uh, so when I took the job and started learning different things in the industry that I never was exposed to before, you know, I just became more, more passionate about my work and um, I wanted to, to be better. And he's taught me, you know, he's gotten me into the fab side, which is so cool. And um, hoping to get some equipment in here so we can expand on that a little bit, but hopefully that's coming soon. But I mean, people in the hot rod world know who Chuck Hanna was and, or is, and I am ashamed to say that at first I didn't. Now that I do, I'm just so grateful that our paths crossed. Yeah, no, it's a really good fit. I mean, it was a good, it's been a good fit. Obviously the work has translated, which everyone's gotten to see. And, you know, getting to know you a little bit better in, you know, the past year or so, really the past month or so. And then the visit, I got to see how good a fit it is. And, you know, it, it really is on a personal level, on a work level, you can tell you guys really care about each other and, 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 the, and forget the, the personal relationship, the work shows. And that's what everybody is getting to reap the benefits of. It's just the, the quality of work and the design and the implementation and, and, uh, you know, take some heat off Chuck, which also Trent does for trucks, uh, Chuck. So the, between the three of you guys, yeah. you know, you Trent and Chuck, it's just a really great shop and uh, it works. It is. I mean, we all work great together. Um, and now that Trent's here, there's there's really nothing that we couldn't do. Yeah. So it's it's exciting. I think we have some things in the future to look forward to. And Chuck even said to me today, because I, I know I could hire somebody else. I, it's just hard to find uh, talent. I think he said it again before on the podcast and, you know, earlier. And it's so he's never satisfied. Going back to what I said earlier with him. And uh, if I'm taking anything from Chuck, it's never to be satisfied, which I like. And I, I see that parallel. My father was the same way. And, you know, you and Chuck or and Trent definitely not being satisfied is what's going to keep you guys growing now. Yeah. That we, uh, you know, we made fun of Chuck a little bit, poked the bear, praised him as well. Now we're going to go to a story, and I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble with this one. You guys told it to me when I visited, so I figure it's open <laughs> season on this question, but you need to tell everyone the story. Don't be too long-winded, but make it good. Okay. I'll fill in whatever you forget, because I'm sure it's going to embarrass the heck out of you. <laughs> you need to tell everyone the story about when you and Chuck we're out on the lake in a little secluded area on Chuck's new boat. Maybe what end of last year in the summer, fall. Yeah, it was last summer. Okay, well let's let's hear the last summer story on story on the new boat with you and Chuck. Take it over. I mean, it has to be the going story on Lake Norman. I, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me the story, and it I have to tell them it was me. Um, <laughs> but we we went out on the boat and uh, we decided. Uh, 
we were going to do a little skinny dipping and uh, we jumped right off the boat and I guess all the excitement, uh, the boat was still in gear. So the boat <laughs> left us. <laughs> in fairness to Chuck, or, his old boat, the the out of gear position was a particular position. So his new right. boat that he just got, he put it in that same position and maybe he was a little distracted yeah. that there was, uh, you know, a, uh, yeah, a naked female in neutral. the water waiting for him. He jumped in, right? <laughs> Exactly. Neutral was not in the same spot in this boat. So, um, yeah, we ended up stranded. And luckily for us, we had a two two boat crew that came and rescued us and rescued the boat about, oh, sec. gosh, 20, 20 seconds before it was about to hit shore. It was about to hit shore. And I don't want to forget this part. Chuck was swimming frantically after it started to cramp <laughs> up. And in his brain, now he's like, my boat's going to crash but I'm going to die. So he starts struggling. He thought he, he was going to drown. By the grace of God, those people came along, right? <laughs> yes. And um, I mean, they rescued us. Of course, the first thing out of our mouths was we were naked. Sorry. And um, they, uh, they honestly didn't care. They rescued us in our boat and we <laughs> actually two, hung out with two, them. They had two yes. They had the two kids and, and you guys one of the you older naked, kids. Like, uh, yeah, we can see that. <laughs> yeah so one of the older kids actually grabbed the younger one's head and turned him away when we got on the boat <laughs> and they handed us towels and i mean we just laughed it up and actually ended up meeting up with them the next weekend and hanging out with them and actually did their boat seats uh for free for helping us so <laughs> incredible did you did you guys have your you guys have your clothes on when you meet or you just meet out in the wild we we had our clothes on the second time we met yes right. well, that's good. So it's progress <laughs> progress progress yes but that <laughs> is um a very good story yeah that's one of the all-time favorites and i could tell you're so embarrassed i'm sorry to put you on the it is so embarrassing but um, hey it's fun all fun it's all in good all in good fun so the laser a lot of dirt. talking about getting how close are we to getting this laser in there i hope sooner than later i'm working i'm working on him um i have a lot of ideas that i'd love to try and you know, we just, just got to get the equipment in here. Yeah. You have your own project car in there. Read everybody into this car and what it means to you. Are you talking about my Audi? Yeah. Or the, the Fury that's the Fury no, the is more Chuck's car, but yeah, my, my Audi, um, it was my first car that I ever bought myself. It's a one Audi S4 twin turbo. Um, anybody in the Audi world would know exactly how cool that car is. They only made them for two years. Um, so it's a cool car. Um, I have a lot of plans for it. It, uh, it kind of got halted a little bit delayed, but, but we're, we're still, we're still pushing away on it. What are you going to do to her? Are you going to transform the interior or what's going to happen to it? Yeah, it's a complete build. So so far, I'm I'm trying to get it running right. I, I upgraded the turbos, you know, um, to the KO4s, and obviously there's going to be a lot of Alcantara and leather in that car. And that's that's really what I want the laser for. Is uh, I have some ideas for that car for sure. Okay. All right, They're just selfish reasons. We want the laser for that car. That's it. 
Yeah, no, yeah, that's not hell. it. But I what's twelve grand I, a month? Friends? What the hell? Let's let's just go ahead and get it in here for mine, so I can practice on mine, <laughs> and then we'll incorporate it into the the customer builds. All right, give me one dream car that you have that you'd want to build for yourself. Doesn't just be material. Oh, I'm talking everything. Dream to, car you want. Yeah. It used to be a 69 Camaro, honestly. But now that I've been into the custom card world for a while, you know, those are kind of getting so, you know, they're everywhere. Everybody's yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like the different cars. Um, gosh, nothing really stands out. I've been looking Facebook marketplace of all places, but you know, the old Mercury's and, and, you know, the old, the just the different looking cars is what I would love to do. Yeah. And you know, my, my, my Audi, of course, but. Uh, one of these days I'm going to have to figure out a way to get a Lamborghini for my kid. Cause as I was, when I was a little kid, that's what I wanted. And now my kid, that's what he wants. So like, you know, that it doesn't roll that deep. I'm going to have to figure something out, but one day, I don't care if it's busted. And as long as it drives, I, before I die, I will have one and I will drive it. I haven't driven one yeah, either. So. I get that. Look, I got one kid that wants a civic and one kid that wants a Lamborghini. So <laughs> I got both ends of the spectrum here. That's great. <laughs> Let's stick with the, the Civic. We can make it happen. The other kid's going to be pissed for a while. I can make that happen for yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> All right. If you can, do you have any questions for me? Oh my gosh. I never I posed know, that man. question. I've never anybody. really thought about that. I've. You're the um, only one I've ever asked if you have any questions for me. Now, I've been interrogated before. I, the Hodrick interrogated me. Cato interrogated yeah. me. Not as bad as I thought. He should have done it harder, but he didn't. He whipped out. But um, if you don't, it's okay. No, I really can't think of anything, honestly. That, that's that's right. a tough one. All right. I but it, I'm going to think about it. Know. And I, yeah, give me a chance to think about it. And I'm definitely going to write you about that one. <laughs> All right. It's, you didn't get to embarrass me on here, which is good. Is uh, Chuck still around there? He is. Thank you so much for coming on with me. Let me just wrap up with Chuck and and uh, we'll get this episode launched. This is episode 30, by the way. I can't believe we're on 30. Awesome. Crazy. Well, thanks yeah, for having me. Almost now. a two-year anniversary with you guys. So one month away. Awesome. Thank you so well, thanks much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Lisa. Hey there. What's up, buddy? Oh, not much. <laughs> we tried to, I tried to get I tried to get her to to uh, you know admit a couple of things that she's better than you at. So I had a good time. <laughs> I think she enjoyed it. She didn't hesitate. She was she was all for it. I'm better. Okay. She wouldn't she wouldn't take the bait. <laughs> no, she didn't. She wasn't. She wasn't. She didn't do the oh Chuck's better or sower than no no no. I, I could sew better than Chuck. I said okay. Is that a girl? <laughs> Did she say that? <laughs> that I had a I had a ton of fun. And I, I asked Lisa if she had any questions for me. And I don't know what prompted me to ask her. It's not on my list. It just, just came out. Um, that's mm-hmm. the first time I asked anybody if they wanted to ask me a question. And, uh, you know, do you have anything that you want to add or any questions you had maybe about the show or, you know, about what we do as our family or anything like that? 
Uh, nothing I can think of. Um, just trying to do different questions. Uh, the same questions get boring. Yeah. But I, I think your episode's a little yeah. different. It definitely hits a little different for me. Um, I like really like the dynamic of how you grew your businesses and changed and took chances and never looked back and never fear anything. I think that's going to go a long way towards helping a lot mm-hmm. of people that maybe are in that position right now where they just don't, I don't want to say have the guts to do it because sometimes you I mean your brain's got to win out sometimes, right? But sometimes you need that little push or sometimes you just need that example. Like, well, hell, if he can do it, I can do it. And um, yeah, I think you're going to be a big help to a lot of people out there that that tune in and look up to you, which you know I'm sure a lot of guys already do. And of course, Lisa as well. But um, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. And yeah. before I let you go, you have a project car there that you've had there for a while, a while I think. What Tell us about the project car. It's, it's your personal one, correct? Uh, you're talking about the Fury? Yeah, the Fury. Yeah, 70 Plymouth Fury convertible. Okay, why that car? Something different. Um, I, uh, was, I, I wanted to do a convertible just because it shows the interior so well. And I was just looking for something different and, you know, not a Chevelle or, or something like that, but something, a a big, a big car, you know, something like a Catalina or a Fury or just, just a a real big boat type car. Yeah. And, and I got a a good deal on it and it it was a a pretty cool looking car. Um, so yeah, we are we're way behind on it, but it's something that we plan to finish and, uh, have fun with it. Listen, Chuck, Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate you guys coming with us. And uh, I had a lot of fun. I just don't want it to end, but it was great seeing you too. Okay. And spending some some good quality <laughs> yeah. time. We saw. Yeah, we had a we had a good time. Um, you last year at the um, at the party that uh, NC and Moran Giles put on, and you came out. We had a ball there, so it was just good to see. I mean, I've seen you two times now, basically the last six months, which is crazy because yeah. I never met you in person. I don't think other than SEMA. So, yeah. Good, and got to spend quality time on your on your property there, which was amazing. And uh, yeah, man, I loved I loved every minute of it. I really had a great time seeing everything. You yeah, know. we did too. I appreciate everything. Thanks, Chuck. All right, buddy. All righty. How'd you how'd you like it? I I liked it. I can't wait to hear the finished finished the product. <laughs> yeah, I think it came out good. I mean, a lot of these guys they got they they strap their they need to strap their balls on a little tighter. It's just too many wimps out there and. Um, yeah, you know, and here's a guy who's, you know, not loud and aggressive like me and just, just there and, you know, common docile, but, you know, as far as, you know, personality wise, but you're fucking home run hitter, dude, just go for it and get it done, whatever it takes. And that's what a lot of these people need to see young and old just do the same thing for 50 friggin' years and never change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know what and I should have asked you that was, we enjoy you feel with that first Riddler car. That's what I should have probably asked you. Yeah. I'm, that you was have amazing. strong feelings I mean, on that first Riddler car or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that was definitely an accomplishment. Uh, the first one, the first grade eight car me, I did was second. probably. Let me, let, me, let me, I can cut and paste all this. Well, they can cut and paste. I don't do any of that shit. Um, so let me just pose a question and we'll throw it in there. So going back to the Riddlers we talked about earlier, that first Riddler car that you found out was going to Riddler and competing, you know, that must've been important to you. Can you 
dive into that Riddler car a little bit for us? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, I uh, can't remember the exact year, but it was in early 2000s. Um, it was a 37 Ford that Ken Jano built in Georgia. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was the first time we'd ever experienced a show like that. And, and uh, it, it was, it was amazing. I mean, to go up there and, and win a grade eight and everything that went with it, it, it was it was a, it was definitely, um, a motivating factor and to, to want to continue doing it and, and continue to grow and, and build more high-end cars. And, and was that your first, um, like, Holy cow, I've done something big, like almost validation. Yeah. yeah I mean, we've, we've had cars that have worn, you know, you know, top 25 at good guy shows and stuff like that. But, but yeah, that was the first time that, that, uh, that we, that we ever made it to Detroit like that. And it was pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. That must've been an amazing feeling. And especially with all the changes you made and just now, Hey, this is my latest change. And now we're, you know, we have a Riddler car come to find out you got, you know, three more after that. Um, the last question I would want to ask is best interior SEMA 22. SEMA 22 was a big comeback year after COVID and all that nonsense. So a lot of competition out there. Tell us about the, the best interior car SEMA 22. Uh, that was a, an award that TMI put on and um, I didn't even know anything about it until we got there. And the Lisa had entered Chris Ryan's uh, Trans Am. It, the, the, the thing was you had the car had to be there and you had to be there mm -hmm. to enter. And, uh, there was a lot of people there and uh, they had, I don't know, maybe 20 awards there and, and we won best custom car interior. That was pretty cool. Wow. Crazy. Nice little trophy and a $500 gift certificate. It was, that was pretty good. That's pretty cool. So over 30 years later, you're still getting it done. Yeah. boy. Try to stay, <laughs> try to stay moving forward and keeping up with, with the Joneses. That's it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I'm glad I didn't think of that sooner. I should have shame on me, but I'm glad I dove back into it. So I'll add those two questions, those two cars and throw them back into the mix or put them at the end, whatever. But, uh, I think it's going to be really good. I do. I think we're going to like it a lot. All right, cool. All right, buddy. Yeah, Thank I told you. Bucks that you guys were coming on. He was excited. Cato. So everyone's, everyone's ready for it. Yeah. All right, brother. Go Sounds have a good awesome. night. All right. Bye. Thanks, Chuck. See you. Thanks for listening in today, everybody. If you learned something new and liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe for more NC Shop Talk. Do me a favor and help us grow this sucker. Share this show on your social media feeds and with anyone else who'd love to hear it. Thanks for giving us a listen. And until next time, remember to get out there and make it happen.